Welcome to a brand new episode of the show. Today on the Yoga Girl podcast, I talk about anxiety. The day I recorded this episode, I was feeling overwhelmingly anxious. One of those days where I woke up and anxiety was there and it just lingered with me all day. I talk about our innate gut reaction of always wanting to fix and solve the problem that might have led to our anxiety versus the thing that actually is most helpful, which is giving ourselves the support and space we need to feel the feeling, to dwell in our discomfort, which is where all the healing actually happens. I also talk a bit about parenting and how we end up often parenting ourselves through parenting our kids as they move through hard feelings too. I think today's episode is a really good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, 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 my darlings. It's that time of the week again. It's time for a brand new episode of your favorite podcast, right? It is. It's your favorite podcast. It is. I know it is. It's time for the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. And I am so glad that you are here. (laughs) I really am. I almost didn't record today. I, I'm feeling very I'm feeling very sensitive today, having a really anxious day. I'm really trying to avoid saying I am anxious because anxiety is something that visits me at times. It doesn't define me. It's not who I am. But I am experiencing a lot of anxiety today and I don't know why. So today really is my my day to record the podcast of the week. And I almost didn't come here to talk to you because I felt like, oh, I would rather sit down and share when I'm feeling really good. I would rather sit down and share when I'm feeling confident or when I'm feeling inspired and wise or, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't. And I know I don't have to show up for you or with you a certain way. I know that. I really, I, I know you see me the way I am and you appreciate me the way I am. I don't have to hide anything here or be good specifically in anything or, or at anything. I don't have to perform coming here to talk to you. But still there's this little voice inside of my head right now saying, oh, don't do this today. Do it another day. But I'm here. So, hi, hi, hi. I, uh, I think we should take a few breaths together. What do you, what do you say? What do you think? The way I'm sitting right now, I don't even know what's going on with my body. (laughs) I'm wondering, yeah, where, where in my body, my anxiety is hanging out right now. I, I actually don't even know. But I'm sitting in my podcast chair with my one leg propped up on a super weird 
on like a yoga bolster that I have angled in a corner on top of a yoga mat. The other leg is tucked up under me. And uh, it's one of those like spring, almost summer-ish days here in Sweden where it's super hot and it's really hot in the sun. But if you go sit outside in the shade, you're cold and you need a sweater. So you're constantly like putting on and off layers because it's either really hot or really cold. And I'm sitting here in my little little podcast space and I'm too lazy to take my sweater off even though I'm really hot. So I've, I have one arm. <laughs> I look like an idiot. I have one arm in my sweater. <laughs> the rest of my body is, is out of it. And one leg up at the wall. I don't know what's going on with me today. It's just a weird day. Okay. So all that to say is you can show up for this moment just the way you are. Yeah. Maybe take a moment without changing anything, without shifting anything. You can shift in a second if, if you want. But without shifting or changing anything, if you just take a moment to become really aware of your posture right now. Similarly to how I, how I just described to you how I'm sitting. What's going on with your posture? Are you slouching? Are your shoulders rounding forward? Are you pulling your shoulders up to your ears? Are you sitting up really tall? Are you sitting up super duper straight? Is it like you're almost using your chest as armor? Or are you soft? Can you sense a bit of spaciousness inside what are your legs doing right now what's going on with your arms with your hands with your feet just notice become really aware of the natural posture that you're just holding now for no reason at all just because that's where you're at and then taking a deep breath in as you exhale, if you want to change something or shift something, now would be a good time to do that. So if you want to find a longer spine, you can do that. If you want to lie down, you lie down. Just shifting something if there is something that feels more in alignment to you. And I think my very... My own very funky posture right now probably is very much in alignment with how I'm feeling on the inside. So I'm going to stay just the way I am. But maybe for you, there's something you would like to change or adapt just a little bit. And then closing your eyes, if that's helpful. I'm holding one hand, the entire palm of my hand, pressing onto my heart. And I'm doing that beneath my shirt. So I actually feel the palm of my hand against the flesh of my chest, against the skin right on top of my heart. Sometimes I, I really crave this connection to myself, this connection that's more intimate and primal and this, this naked connection of just hand to skin, hand to heart. But notice what feels true and right for you. And then we just breathe here for a little bit. We just breathe here for a little bit.
You can take long, slow breaths in and out of the nose. And looking at each cycle of breath here, almost like a doorway. Each breath you take is a way in. Each breath you take is a journey deeper, deeper inside of yourself. A journey toward a place of truth. A journey toward a place of your most authentic self. It's a journey where you don't have to hide, you don't have to pretend, where you can just show up in this moment for yourself the way you are. And sometimes that journey, it's, a, it's an uphill one. Yeah. Some days really making our way toward that truthful, authentic place inside. Sometimes it's a struggle. There are days when we feel really disconnected from ourselves. Days when we feel disconnected from our bodies. Days when we feel numb. Days when we feel overwhelmed. Days when we feel anxious. So showing up for this moment here now with some kindness. Most important thing is that you show up for yourself with kindness. Telling yourself that whatever it is you're feeling right now, whatever it is you are moving through, that it is okay. That it is okay. Hmm. Let's see if we can take another five breaths. Just like this, breathing in and breathing out through the nose. If you like, you can stay here just the way you are with your eyes closed. Just noticing where this very quiet, spacious practice brought you. Just a few minutes that we spent here together, but I don't know about you, but I I feel very, all of a sudden, <laughs> I feel very connected to a quiet place inside of myself. Hmm. 
It's funny how so often for me, I, the way in to myself, the way to this sense of connectedness inside, it's often through somebody else. It's often that I arrive there by guiding someone else or telling someone else what I need to hear. Often I come to this podcast and I I guide you through a few quiet moments or little, you know, the little groundings that we do often or the meditations at the beginning of a of a show. And that sometimes is the one point of my day where I was able to really give myself what I needed to really tell myself what I needed. But the easiest way for me to do that, strangely, maybe it's a Libra thing, (laughs) strangely, is by guiding somebody else. So I'm sitting here still holding my hand to my heart, feeling very, very, yeah, very soft, very vulnerable, anxious still, but almost like the anxiety that I was feeling has a little bit of a, it's like it's wearing a winter jacket or something. It has one of those fluffy down, you know, feather kind of jackets around it. It's just fluffy. (laughs) I I love, I just described the anxiety I'm feeling as fluffy. Yeah, somehow that's true. So yeah, hey, hi. I think for for me today, you know, Dennis and I, we've had guests at the house for almost three weeks straight, which has been so much fun. I mean, really, and it hasn't been just any other guest, but really soul family, chosen family, people we love and hold so dearly have been visiting so first, our friends um, Shuba and Talib were here. They have a son born on the same night as Leia, who are just, yeah, really old friends of ours who we love and cherish so much. And Leia and Jai, they are, I mean, they are, they have some sort of soul contract, these two, these two Pisces kids born on the same, born just like a couple hours apart. It's just so wild. And it was so lovely, but it was full on, right? Really high energy with the two kids and a lot of intensity and movement and and then after that on the day they left one of my best friends in the whole world rose is her name came to visit and uh when i was pregnant with leah when she was almost born rose moved away from aruba and moved to australia and then since then she's been traveling and living in a van and living this very exciting life across the world and we've had such little, we've seen so little of each other in the past five years, yeah, since Leah was born. And then she came to spend a couple of weeks with us here. And it was so, so, so amazing. You know, one of those people who, I think we all have at least one of those people in our lives where we don't have to talk every day or all the time. You can be separated for a long time. And the moment you see each other, you just pick right back up, you know, really feels more, she feels more like a sister than than a friend but but in a in a better way I've almost said like we never ever fight we don't have friction that I feel sometimes siblings and sisters have it's just this 
chosen family feeling. So um, I'm saying that just it's been really beautiful and amazing and awesome. And especially with Rose here these past few weeks, she's the kind of guest that doesn't feel like a guest, you know, that actually brings me relief. And all of them that I've been visiting are, you know, super cleaners and organizers and the kind of people that you want to spend time at your house because they will leave the kitchen cleaner than it was when you started cooking, you know. So sometimes you have guests, sometimes we have guests here, of course, like everybody does, who you have to, you know, take more care of or kind of you have to be a host in a bigger way. But these past few weeks, I haven't felt like that. It's been really relaxed and really sweet to have to have friends here. But this morning she left and we are alone now for the first time in three weeks. And I immediately felt like, yeah, like a plug was pulled or something. I, you know, like pulling the plug of the bathtub drain and just like the very last bit of, I don't know, like I just, I just, I I feel so tired today. I had a really bad night's sleep and I woke up feeling so tired and really, really, really anxious and I, and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm, as I'm sitting here with it now, you know, I really believe that anxiety, first of all, doesn't have to have a reason. Our minds like to do that, right? We like to find the thing that happened or the thing someone told us that made us anxious or the trigger for the anxiety. And often there is a trigger for me, but not always. And for a lot of us, for a lot of you, anxiety doesn't have to have a reason. I really believe it can be something that just resides or visits in the body for a while. I think we can have a felt sense of of feeling and experiencing anxiety in our beings, in our bodies, but it's not even ours. Have you ever spent time with a highly anxious person and then you start feeling anxious too? For me, that's really common. If I'm supporting a friend or a loved one through something and they're experiencing a lot of anxiety, it's like it's it's a little bit contagious. You know, we take on each other's energies. And I also absolutely believe that unprocessed, big unprocessed experiences are passed down through generations. I 100% believe that. So sometimes I'll have this huge experience of something big. Yeah, like I feel, I feel the residue of a trauma or this major anxiety or pain in my body. It's just something comes and I have this innate knowing that this isn't mine. I don't know if anyone else has that that experience sometimes, but sometimes it just intuitively, I know that. I feel something really big and it's like, I don't think this is mine. But it's landed here in my lap today. It's here asking to be felt through me in this moment. And we have we have a choice, right? We can pretend that the thing that's hard that we're feeling isn't there. We can try to numb it. We can try to run really fast and work really hard to get away from it. We can spin around in circles trying to avoid the thing that's there because we're really good at that, right? And it's also what we've been taught to do all the time, that anytime a, an uncomfortable thing comes our way to, to run really fast the other way. And I think the fact that sometimes we have big, hard, inner experiences and we can't define what they are or where they come from. 
I think it's that unprocessed energy that wants to be felt and released, right? Wants to, wants to, has to be processed through, through someone. And if you're in that place where one day it just arrives, it likely means that you've done a lot of healing work and that you're ready for that. That whatever thing that you're processing in this moment in your life, it's almost like life wants to make sure you don't pass that on to your kids or to your people. So we feel it when we can and we don't when we can't, you know. But for me today, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and part of my own journey is, is this incessant need to always know and to <laughs> let go of control and allow myself to soften into a not knowing something I've been talking about on the podcast a lot over the past few weeks, leaning into not knowing, allowing myself to not know, accepting that I don't know anything. But I wonder if this, this feeling I woke up with in my whole body today, I wonder if it's mine. And even if it isn't, it's mine to choose what I do with now, right? And what did I do today? <laughs> I did the thing I do a lot, which is I, 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 I think that if I, if, I work some, if I work something out or if I tick a lot of things off of my to-do list, if I get something done, if I clean something or organize something, I'll feel better. It's funny. It's like where before I, before I had this awareness of, of, of my triggers and, and before I went deep down on this spiritual journey, this personal development dirt journey, I wouldn't have any gap of awareness, right? I would just all of a sudden experience anxiety and then I would launch myself into the thing that I would hope would fix that, right? So numb it or work super hard or fix a bunch of stuff or yeah, do something that just whatever, anything that meant I didn't have to feel the thing. And now, <laughs> at least today or overall in my life, I have the awareness, so I notice, you know, I wake up anxious and then immediately I can tell Dennis I'm feeling really anxious. Where before I maybe wouldn't even be able to define or name the thing that that was that's happening. But now it's like I know, okay, I'm experiencing anxiety today. Okay. Where is it in my body? Okay, it's there. It's like in my heart, and I feel it at the surface of my belly. I feel some tension in my shoulders through that. Hmm, okay. And what does it feel like? Well, it's this kind of electric, cold, unsettled undercurrent that I feel in my body all the time. And then I'm really aware of my mechanisms to cope, right? And how they actually don't serve me and how they actually don't help. And I do them anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, it's so silly. Like I know, I know that sitting down at my computer to go through all of the, the major points on my to-do list today, it's not going to help me, right? I know that. <laughs> but I also know that I have this idea in the back of my head where I'm thinking maybe I'm anxious because I have a lot to do today that I haven't done. So it's kind of like I'm playing like, I'm playing some sort of game where I'm testing out, you know, is this going to help? And then I, I complete the top things on my list that I had for today and anxiety is still there. Hmm. Okay. 
maybe I need to have this uncomfortable conversation with someone that I haven't had. I know there's like an unsaid thing there in a relationship. I need to just have a little clearing with them. So I do. I do that on my most anxious day. I decide to have a hard conversation because that's what Rachel does. And we talk it through and we have a clearing and everything's okay. And then I I still feel anxious. Uh Okay. Maybe, wait, I figured it out. Maybe what I need to do is go clean out my cupboards because I've been wanting to clean out these these like top three cupboards that I have. It's kind of like a pantry cupboard and it's really messy. The spices are all mixed up with the with like the maple syrup and the nut butters and stuff like they're all in the wrong place. And then I have like my t- canned tomatoes and and my miso soups and like my beans and stuff. They're all mixed up with the dried fruits. It's like all a mess. Okay, even hearing like me even me saying that is like, oh my God, I can't believe it's that messy. I don't like that mess. <laughs> and I've been wanting to to do that. So like I, I start, I didn't finish, but I start doing that and I feel no satisfaction whatsoever. I don't feel any, normally I feel such satisfaction when I organize something. Even just cleaning out one drawer, it makes me feel better. Nope, doesn't work. Okay. Maybe I go outside and I lay in the sun for a little bit just to like take a breath. I do that. Hmm, it's kind of kind of nice. Nope, didn't work. Like I go down all the avenues and I try the tested and tried things that I know don't work, like work, cleaning, organizing, to-do lists. Like I know those things don't work, but I do them anyway. Doesn't work. I try some quiet things. I sit on my meditation cushion a long time. Doesn't work. Go out into the garden, which always normally helps. Doesn't work. So finally, it's like at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, well, this whole approach that I take all the time, even though I should know better by now, but I don't, this approach of anxiety is something that must end, right? Anxiety or discomfort, whatever the discomfort is, if it's anger or grief or sadness or shame or embarrassment or whatever it is, it must end right? So we can get back to lovey-dovey feelings of puppies and ice cream cones and rainbows, right? Discomfort must go right away. It's that whole notion that takes me down this path of spending an entire day trying to do all of the things to escape the anxiety that's visiting. And Of course, you know, we're human beings. We're not going to wake up one morning and go, oh, I really hope I feel anxious today. Anxiety is awesome. That's just a lovely emotion to hang out with. No, obviously not. But this mere notion that certain emotions are better than others, and there are certain emotions that we want to be our constant. Like we want to feel happy. We want to feel compassionate. We want to be forgiving. We want to feel grateful. We have certain things that that we deem as very good and we want to hold on to those feelings at all times. And then all the other things that don't feel the same, they're bad. We must make them go away. I must either launch myself into numbing them with work or do 101 different kinds of self-care practices to make the icky feeling go away. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, that is not the point, is it? If the point of anxiety was to get rid of anxiety. (laughs) 
what would the journey be? If the point of anxiety was to make the anxiety stop as quickly as possible, that negates everything I know about emotional well-being, negates everything I know about healing. It's not how energy works, right? And I think similarly to similarly to feeling absolute happiness, you know, when we actually allow ourselves to feel joy and we lean into joy and we step into joy and we let ourselves express joy through our bodies and feel it on the inside, that is also processing a feeling, right? But we don't think about it that way because usually joy and happiness is not an, an uncomfortable feeling for us to process, but it triggers these connections in the body that we have been really conditioned our entire lives to perceive as good and right and correct. And everything else must mean that something is terribly wrong. And I'm just really sitting with that whole notion from the first place when the same way when I'm happy, I allow myself that happiness. That is me stepping into that energy and it can absolutely elevate me and transform me and eventually it changes into something else right it's never just happiness remains happiness all the time that that would be really I think a really superficial way to live right the the actual experience of being human that we enjoy so much and that we're actually here with a purpose to feel and and actually fulfill is to be fully human and we would never in a million years know what true happiness feels like if we also haven't touched the depth of our grief. Imagine you never had a sad day of your life. Imagine you never experienced any grief or frustration or resentment. How would you possibly know what contentment is? You couldn't. We need the full spectrum of emotion to be able to actually experience the love and the compassion, and the gratitude, and the things that we seek all the time. But we're a little bit deluded, delusional, thinking that that we can only pick one. We only want this side, but we don't want that side. So when anxiety visits, ooh, we got to escape it as fast as we can. How many bowls of tea do I have to drink to get rid of this anxiety? How many yoga poses on my mat do I need to move through to get rid of this anxiety? How many things on my to-do list do I need to tick off for this anxiety to leave me alone? Where at no point in my day did I allow anxiety to visit. At no point did I say, oh, okay, anxiety's here today. Hmm. What would be a helpful way for me to allow anxiety to visit for as long as it's here? What are some things that could support me in a way where I can be in the feeling? where I can allow the feeling to be processed and moved through me rather than escape it altogether. And it always takes me time. <laughs> it always takes me time. It takes this, this trial and error and trying to figure everything out and then realizing that the self-care stuff, and obviously the more time I spend on the yoga mat and with tea and in therapy and talking and being seen and all of this, you know, it's helpful, 
of course, it's helpful for my well-being. Super, super helpful. Way more helpful than if I were to drink a bunch of wine or eat my weight in Ben and Jerry's to try to numb the anxiety that I'm feeling or launch myself into a new crazy work project so I don't have to stop and, and feel, right? The, the tea and the yoga is really helpful. But the tea and the yoga can also be a form of escaping. It can. It really, really can. And I think if you have to choose one escape, yeah, choose the yoga. Don't choose the wine. Choose the yoga. Choose the thing that feels more helpful, right? But if you're using your self-care practices the way I did today, the way I do often, as a way to avoid the thing that's already present, well, then they become kind of similar to that other path that I was taking earlier. So... The question shouldn't be, what do I need to do for this anxiety to leave me alone? But what would be helpful for me today so I can allow myself to be with this feeling? What is the support that I need? I think that's a, a really good question. What is the support that I need? Where do I need help? Like for me, if I place my hand to my heart right now and the question isn't how do I make anxiety stop, but how can I support myself in actually feeling the feeling? What do I need to allow anxiety to be here? <sighs> hmm. I think really for me, the most supportive thing Mm, and it's funny because I didn't, mm, I didn't, didn't offer this to myself today. But I think for me, the most supportive thing would be to tell my husband, who is the person who's home with me today, that I'm feeling really, really, really anxious. And I would love for him to hold me for a little while. I didn't ask for that today. I didn't, I think I could really use one of those one of those really, really big, intense, like overly, overly intense sometimes. Dennis is bear hugs. Like he's a really good hugger and he's a big guy. So it's being held by him. It's like letting yourself, yeah, I can allow myself to be really small, and feel really little. And mm, I think that kind of physical touch would be really helpful and supportive for my nervous system today. Not as a way to escape the feeling, but as a way to allow it. <sighs> hmm. It's so, uh, it's so, it's so fascinating to me. We are so complex <laughs> as human beings. We are so complex as people. It's really, really, really wild. And actually, it's we make it so complicated. And, you know, we have a couple of days where we feel like everything is good and beautiful. And then we have anxiety pay us a visit for one day. And we're like, oh, my God, life is over. Oh, oh, shit. I haven't healed anything at all. I'm healing backwards. Not Nothing's working. I'm back at, on square one. And it's like, that is just so not true. Our minds love to tell us that, that the work we're doing isn't working. We had this conversation or we talked about this in the closing circle of, of the home course a couple of weeks ago. This feeling of when we've had a big high 
or when we feel like we've experienced a real sense or a real moment of healing, immediately the mind goes, well, that's not going to, that's not going to last, right? As soon as you're back in the real world, all of this is going to go back to what it was before. And I really had to sit with that for a while. And my, my answer was, and I feel this so loudly for myself as well, is we, we don't heal backwards. You know, we heal forward. And all the healing work that you've done in your life is there. It's done. And no matter what your mind tells you about things not working or going back to square one, or it's simply not true. You know, every piece of the puzzle that you've already placed where it's supposed to be, it's solid there. And then, yes, of course, we keep going down the layers. You know, there's always another layer. There's always another step. We peel off the layers of the onion to reveal the next thing to work with. And along the way, you know, finding these, this ability to actually listen to what we need. And this ability to allow ourselves to dwell in some form of discomfort. I really think... And I'm trying, I really think this is so important and it's something that we are missing so intensely as a society. We really are. We're, we're kind of fucking up here. And I'm trying so hard to, when I parent Leia and how I hold space for her and her emotions and her hard things, how easy it is to shift everything back to happy all the time. It's like it's in my backbone because I want her to be happy. Of course, we don't want our kids to suffer. But we have to suffer. Without suffering, we don't have life. And allowing our kids to experience suffering when suffering comes is a superpower. Learning that, you know, imagine being a child and learning that the feelings that feel hard are not lesser than than the feelings that feel easy that the feelings that are uncomfortable aren't feelings we need to run as fast as we can the other direction away from, that those feelings don't mean that the world is falling apart or that you are a bad person or that something's wrong with you or that you're failing, but that they're just feelings and we're meant to feel them. And instead of, oh, that thing is happening, so how can we make that better? Oh, well, that thing is happening. Okay, well, where, where in the body do you feel it? What does it feel like? I try so hard with Leo when something comes up to really take that breath, to take that pause before we dive into the, how can we fix this? How can we problem solve the thing? To just let the feeling be there and let her have her own experience of what that feeling is. And maybe give her some tools or just nudge her toward explaining or sharing what that feeling feels like, naming it if she can. And I really think growing up in that sense where we are so in touch with our inner landscape that nothing becomes terrifying, that none of our feelings become bad or scary or feelings that we have to run from. But if we could grow up with a little bit more tools to actually allow ourselves, I think it would be so, so, so very life-changing. Speaking of that, Leia had, she had a big thing happen the other day, a really big thing without going into too much detail, but she has a really good friend here, a new friend, a really good friend she's spending so much time with. 
and they had a fight. We don't know what exactly what it was about. There was a, a something happened. They were, I think they were playing rough. They were playing wrestling. They were doing something like that. And then her friend accidentally hit her or accidentally. I think she got an elbow in the face, something, but it was really accidental. She was really genuine with it being totally accidental. It just happens like kids playing. Someone, someone gets hurt. And I wasn't there for this. I don't know exactly what happened. But when I came home, Dennis just said, oh, there was a fight and they, she left and Leah, I think they're okay. I think she's just really tired, but her friend, her friend went home and I think Leah's just really tired and I see her and she seems fine. And I ask her, she's doing, she says, it's fine. And, and, and Dennis had already put her to bed. So I just tucked her in and said, good night. Love you so much. And then as I'm about to leave, I can't remember the trigger here. She, she, she bumped something like she was just moving around in bed, which I don't, I don't think it was like a, I think it, it, it happened so that she could have an avenue to release her feelings, right? She bumped something and then she starts to cry, but it was like a big cry for a little thing. And I'm holding her and I'm asking, oh, so what, what, what is going on? And, um, are you okay? And I'm here with you. And she starts crying and the cry becomes so big. And she says, I am not okay. I did something bad. And I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? And she explains, you know, my friend, she accidentally hit me and I got so upset. I told her I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And then she left and now I lost my friend. And she's just wailing. She's just crying. And I feel this I feel this feeling so big in my heart because I know this feeling, you know this feeling of having said something you didn't mean and now you're worried that you lost the person, right? Or having, having you know, been really harsh with your words and said something that really, that you really didn't mean or you overreact or you, or you fuck up, right? You make a mistake and that feeling of regret knowing that, wait, maybe I actually hurt the other person. Maybe I really fucked up here. Maybe I lost them, right? I know that feeling. Oh my God, we all know that feeling. And she's only five. It's a really big feeling to sit with for a five-year-old person, like for a five-year-old kid. And she starts explaining what had happened. And she was very clear that like she knew that she didn't hit her on purpose. She just accidentally got this elbow in the face. But it hurt so bad. She got so overwhelmed and so angry because it hurt so bad that she just yelled out, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And she was very aware of the fact that she said that, but she didn't mean it, but she couldn't control her feelings. She said that, but she didn't mean it. And then her friend left and she didn't get a chance to repair. And now she was sitting there in bed and she was crying, crying, saying, I, I made a mistake. And what if she never wants to be with me anymore? What if she doesn't want to be my friend anymore? Oh, even talking about this, I feel like, oh, like I get, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to hold something this big in that little body. And I sense in myself, I want to tell her everything's fine. Oh my God, darling, friends fight all the time. This is no problem. Like, let's just go over there in the morning. And I'm sure she still wants to be friends with you. And you guys have so much fun. And this is not a big deal. Like I have all the things I want to say, right, to make the bad feeling go away. So she doesn't have to feel the regret and the anxiety of having told someone you really love something really mean that you didn't mean. 
right? Of risking losing a relationship that's really important to you. And the same way these things happen as grown-ups, they look more complex when they happen to us these days, but it's the same dynamic, right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It looks more complicated and we think we are more sophisticated and intelligent in our relation in our relating, but it's the same, right? We're all still five years old, getting elbows in the face, <laughs> telling our friends we don't want to be friends anymore. Like we're still in these dynamics. So I didn't say any of those things. I didn't smooth it over and say everything's okay, everything's okay, there's no problem. It's we're gonna fix it. I didn't. I let her feel the feeling, right? And I let her cry and she wailed and she cried. And I just said, I'm right here with you. That this sounds like it's so hard. Oh, this sounds like it must be so hard for you. Oh, I really, I understand that you are sad. I understand. I'm right here. I'm right here. And I just let her know that I'm right here with her. I'm not going to go anywhere. And just validating her feelings, right? Just letting her have the experience. And the really cool thing about not going into metal with her, because anything I would say is like taking her down a path that I initiate, right? And then she calmed down. No, and there was even a point where she was like hyperventilating, crying. And she was like, something's happening to my body. <laughs> like she never had a cry this big ever, you know? And then we took a few breaths, just breathing all the way into the belly and really coming back to the body. And then she did. And then I just asked her, darling, what would be helpful for you right now? And she took a breath and she really, she looked at me and she said, I just want you to hold me here for a while. I said, okay. And I did that. And then after a minute or two, she says, hey, I think I know what I want to do now. And I said, oh, you do? Yeah. I think, I think when I wake up, I'm going to write her a letter. I said, okay, what would you like to write? I'm going to write her that I know she didn't hit me on purpose and that I'm so sorry I said I don't want to be your friend and that I really want to be your friend. And then I said, and how, how, how do you think that that's going to feel? How do you think it would feel to write that letter? And then she took a breath like, <sighs> like a huge full body breath, just imagining writing that letter right? She didn't write it yet. She didn't give it to her. They didn't have a healing. They didn't have their reparation yet. But just imagining writing that letter, leaving it at her door, saying the thing she wanted to say that she didn't get the chance to because the day got, got so late. And she took a deep breath and she said, yes, oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to leave it on her doorstep. And I bet when she comes home, she's going to read that letter. And maybe she does want to be my friend. And if she doesn't, that's okay too. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't say that, but she really had that clarity of like, she's going to come home. And if she reads it, like she knew this is what I can do. This is the best I can do. I can apologize and say, I want to be friends. And maybe she does. And maybe she doesn't, but either way is okay. Right. She had all of these like major points of healing and connection and reparation just happen inside of her own system, completely on her own, completely on her own. And I could have told her, hey, how about this? How about we call her? I want to send a text or we, we write a letter. I could have come with those suggestions, right? But I didn't. And she came to them completely on her own. Like she knew the path that she wanted to take to repair that for herself and for her friend. And then in the morning, it wasn't even that urgent even to write that letter, but she did. It wasn't like super intense to write the letter, but she did. 
And then this became like a thing. <laughs> she moved on with her day and with her life. You know, she processed the whole thing. And she left that letter on the doorstep of her friend. And then went to school. And then in the afternoon, both me and Dennis were like, is her friend, like, did she read the letter? Like, is she going to come back? We were like having our adult feelings about this situation. Leia is not even talking about it. Like, she's doing something else, doing arts and crafts. Second day, like, she's not mentioning it at all. And both me and Dennis are like, oh, my God, what if she lost this friend? That would be so awful. And I had to really remind him, like, it's only awful if it's awful for her. Like, we can't let our feelings about the thing impact and influence her thing like this is her life you know it's only awful if it's awful for her and clearly she's totally grounded now and then on the third day all of a sudden the girl knocks on our door and they go out to play and they're having the best time and they've played like yeah every week since then you know and it was so simple and it was so I don't know I had such an enlightening moment there of my instinct to make the bad feeling go away for her and how in doing that I would have robbed her of her own ability to process the hard feeling, to actually get comfortable dwelling in the hard feeling, you know, to, to be in the really uncomfortable regret, anxiety, super bad, I did something wrong, guilt, all that stuff, to marinate in that in a safe way. Like I'm here, mom's here holding me, I'm safe, I'm supported, I'm seen and heard in my experience. And if I would have tried to fix it for her, I would have robbed her of all of that. And I really think every opportunity she has to be with her feelings in a safe way, to feel supported as she gets comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think it's totally life-changing. And I think it, it races and kind of you grow into a completely different human being. I could imagine. I could just, I, can, I could imagine. And also it really brought this enlightening moment for me of, of sometimes I think I have to help her with all this stuff, you know, but there is an innate genius to our being. There's an innate intelligence to our being. And I think kids have this emotional ability to heal, to repair, and not repairing through escaping, through numbing, through pretending, through, through not feeling, but this innate ability to repair naturally in timing that is their own, in a way that they know is, is their way, in a way that actually heals the real thing and also creates and gives them these tools to deal with the situation the next time it comes up. And I can only imagine that the next time she feels regret or anxiety or guilt or whatever that feeling was for her, she's been there before, right? And instead of associating it with, oh my God, this is like the apocalypse, this is the end of the world, this is so unsafe, this is so scary, this is overwhelming, hopefully she'll relate it with, oh, this is something I've, I've experienced before, I've been here, and I was okay. I've, I've been supported in this feeling before, and I know how to support myself in this feeling too. I, I, I really, even just telling this, this little story now, I feel so intensely how we parent ourselves through parenting our kids and not even like I don't even know am I parenting her or am I just kind of like holding her hand as she journeys through her own life <laughs> I think I'm kind of past this idea that as a parent we know more eh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> do we do we really know more I mean we're there to to keep them safe and hopefully hold the space right and shower them in love but 
there's so much that I will never be able to teach her. There's so much that she already has and knows on her own. It's more about where can I and society get out of the way so she can blossom the way she's supposed to blossom, you know. I, uh, if I do a little check-in with myself now, <laughs> I think anxiety left. Wait. <laughs> uh, let's see. I feel like it's more of a whisper in my belly in this moment. It's not this like cold current of like, yeah. It's more of just like a residue of a little bit of anxiety hanging out. And I think I'm going to spend the rest of the day just inviting her. Today, anxiety is, is, is a woman. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> but I feel that I think I'm going to invite her and make some space for her and just be there with her. No more fixing. No more organizing. I might clean out my cupboards tomorrow anyway, because that was a really... <laughs> I know that's something that's going to give me a lot of fulfillment, but not today, not today. Whatever emotion is visiting you today, I hope you have enough support and space to ask yourself what you need to be able to feel it rather than what you can do to escape it. Thank you so much for listening here today. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I really love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I hope you feel so loved. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I would love to ask a little favor of you today. If you love the show, go give it a five-star review on the podcast app or wherever you listen to the podcast. Make sure you follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. It's available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, I also want to say thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>